0: This is the Amazing Starts Here podcast episode, God knows what, because we haven't done this in a dog's age. That's Billy Harner. My name is Keith Brad. The Amazing Starts Here podcast, talking all things Mets minor leagues. And our first episode of 2022 is JT Schwartz. Mets drafted JT at a UCLA in 2021 in the fourth round. He ended up starting his career at the end of the year with the St. Lucie Mets in low A. But Billy, it was first of all, good to see you again. It's been, like I said, a dog's age since we've done this, uh, hoping to do this a lot more in 2022. And nice to get the juices flowing by talking to one of the newest members of the Mets minor leagues.
1: Yeah, it was nice to get back in the swing of things here. You know, we had some snow here in New York this week. Uh, There hasn't been a lot of baseball talk since the beginning of December. Uh, So it was nice to start thinking baseball again, start talking baseball again, and and, uh, hearing from JT and seeing what his experience is like as one of these new age draft guys with the the draft getting pushed back into July and him only getting a very short taste of professional baseball and sort of what he's getting ready for for the 2022 season, Uh, us potentially seeing him here in Brooklyn, uh, finding out who his favorite player was growing up, which was the wrong answer, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll let you judge for yourself, but it's the wrong answer. If there's any other opinion, come at me. Uh, but good way to get started. Seems like a great guy, uh, an, offensive, an offensive player, a West Coast guy is coming to the East Coast. So it'll be interesting to see you know, his, his adjustment to a full season, um, whether it's here in Brooklyn or, or somewhere else this season.
0: Yeah, so our interview with JT Schwartz, his little trip up with his influence when he was younger. We'll let you, we'll let you find that out. But it's our interview with J.T. Schwartz on Amazing Starts Here. J.T., you are a member of the New York Mets. Uh, when you were a kid growing up playing baseball, did you think that that would ever be a thing?
2: That's that's a good question. I Not really when I was younger. Um, you know, it was always a dream, but it, it kind of, it didn't really turn into kind of a, a real aspiration until probably like later high school when I kind of, Started getting a little bit more attention from scouts and stuff like that. And obviously went to college, but um, yeah, it kind of took a little while for it to kind of become reality, I guess.
1: Was there a, a moment or a game where, you know, you, you sort of thought to yourself, you know what, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to make this my profession. I'm not going to have to work at White Castle or Best Buy. I'm going to be a professional baseball player. Was there like a time where, you know, you went four for four and hit three home runs or something? What, what was your your sort of aha moment that this could be your career?
2: I don't really think there was one moment. Um, I think kind of just playing throughout the years, you kind of – not that you, you're always comparing yourself to other people, but, you know, you kind of gauge the competition and see where you're at. And, you know, confidence is always key, obviously. So, I mean, I guess keeping that confidence, kind of seeing where I was at skill-wise, and I guess trying to just keep working and ride the, uh, ride the path to, to get here, I guess.
0: Growing up in California is a lot different than we're used to here in New York. The competition is insane. Is that something that when you are coming up and you see so many guys on your left and right shoulder that are amazing, is that, does that lift you up or is it also kind of humble you at the same time? Because you're like, how do I separate myself with all these good guys?
2: I would say both. Um, I played against so much talent growing up that it's definitely a competitive advantage from like a development standpoint. Um, But like you said, it's it is so competitive that you see a lot of guys that end up being, you know, high first round picks and you're playing against a bunch of guys that are D1 players, pro players. And, um, you know, it's kind of both sides of the story where you're you're getting better by playing against all these good players. But it's also kind of a reality check to see where you're at and and know that these guys are here and you kind of got to stay on course, if not get better, you know.
1: So you sort of started your professional career at a very odd time in terms of the pandemic and you're playing uh, baseball in front of no crowds or limited crowds and um, scouting has been limited. Now, how challenging has it been for you, just in, in, in your mind, I guess, and also just being able to work out and being in the gym and being around uh, live pitching, stuff like that? How, how challenging has the last few years been for someone who's looking to start a professional baseball career?
2: It's definitely been different. Um, For the most part, the training side of it hasn't been too bad, Uh, access to facilities and all that. But just, you know, I think the main thing is that we just never know what's coming next. Um, In life, I kind of try and just control what I can control and not really worry about too many extraneous variables and all that. So, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, whatever. And and I guess during this pandemic that's been – good mentality to have just because nobody has a clue what's going to happen and and i kind of just try and roll with the punches that come and and do whatever i'm told and you know when the time comes i'm ready
0: yeah and and being with the mets uh, i mean the mets have gone to ucla as far as grabbing talent it's not very something that happens very often it's just the other side of the country and it's, it's always tough so what were your conversations with them because not only were you drafted but kevin kendall was also taken in the same year which had to be Pretty cool. So what were those conversations like? And then finally hearing your name on draft day?
2: Most of the conversations were, were I guess, relatively casual up until probably a couple of days before the draft. Um, if not, maybe a day before the, the actual day. Um, I didn't really know what was going to go down on draft day. I don't think really anyone did. Um, and my family and my dad and you know my advisor agent, all that. So things really started to get real, I think, on draft day. Um, You know, we were having more serious talks about potential landing spots and all that. Um, That's kind of when things started to get real. But for the most part, I mean, I didn't I didn't know I was going to go to the Mets. I didn't know Kevin was going to go to the Mets. If you asked us two months before the draft, we would have said there's a one in 30 chance. So, yeah, I think things worked out pretty crazy. But I think we're both pretty happy with how, how things worked out.
0: Well, also, I, I hope, are you, are you and Kevin friends? Because if you go, both got drafted by the Mets and you're like, I hate this guy, I hope I never see him again, and now you're both Mets. So you guys have a good relationship?
2: Yeah, we got a good relationship. We were, uh, we were training together this fall because we were both taking classes up at school, uh, trying to finish up, finish up our degrees. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we're friends, and we've been training together a little bit and all that.
1: <laughs> so what was the adjustment like for you going from, from college to, to pro ball? Now you're obviously playing against guys from all over the world. Um, you know, there's a lot of Dominican players, a lot of guys from as well as South America, all the different countries. How, how is that an adjustment for you in terms of communication with your own teammates, but also just the, the way the game is played and the adjustment to, to pro ball just in and of itself?
2: I do uh, re-up my Spanish a little bit. I was pretty good at it in high school, but hadn't really spoken any in a while. So uh, yeah, it was kind of fun to, to kind of get back into speaking Spanish and all that. Um, the game is just, it's, it's a little different. I think there's just more talent. Um, It's kind of a different style of play, especially West coast college baseball uh, compared to professional baseball, but it's just, I mean, there's talent everywhere. Um, You know, there's no breaks and obviously professional talent and guys that are just really good at what they do. Um, So I think that was kind of the biggest thing is that just everyone's really good. There's a lot of really raw talent and, you know, it's, just kind of a little bit different of a, of a culture and atmosphere and all that. So yeah, it was a little bit of a transition.
1: How hard was it for you to wait from getting drafted and then going weeks before actually being able to get out there and, and throw a, a Mets uniform for the first time?
2: I think all of us in the in the draft class were kind of biting at the bit. Um, we, we got out to Florida pretty early after the draft, but we were out there training for probably a couple of weeks before we ever actually got to play a game. Um, and, you know, they, they obviously knew what they were doing with us and handled everything well, but I think all of us were kind of mentally ready to go and, and wanted to start playing and all that. So yeah, we, we were definitely excited to get going.
0: It's kind of interesting because this was the first, last year was the first year that they didn't have any short season uh, landscape as far as the new draft players. Here's where they're going to go in their first year. They moved the draft back and added you guys to low A. So do you feel like you got a full experience? You're ready for full season next year? I mean, did, did you talk to any other guys that had been drafted before and hear what they went through to get get into uh, the full season? Because it's it's kind of strange. Like you said, you were working out for a couple weeks, got into 25 games at the end of the year. Season's over, got to get ready for a full season next year. So how, how odd was all that?
2: Uh, it was, I mean, it was a little different just from what we're used to in the normal, like, college schedule. and. And kind of how that works and, and just the different scheduling, I guess. But um, I know a lot of guys that are in Pro Bowl now and have been drafted within the last couple of years. Uh, I just started working at a new facility out here in California um, with another uh, former UCLA guy who's with the Tigers now. And there's a bunch of pro guys in there who have kind of been in their systems for a couple of years for the most part. Um, so, you know, any questions or anything I need, I can just kind of pick their brains and kind of figure out how they're getting ready and, and what they've picked up over the last couple of years to get ready for the full season because obviously that's not something I've experienced yet. So, um, you know, what they do to kind of prepare for the upcoming year is kind of important to see and, and not
1: just wing it. So as as someone who um, hasn't seen you, you play yet, who is who is somebody that you think that you've emulated yourself Uh, After someone you watched growing up that you you know sort of copied or or tried to be like, um, or or what kind of player do you see yourself being for for a group of fans that's going to be hopefully seeing you throughout the season?
2: Growing up, I was a huge Chase Utley fan. Um, Watch that with the Mets. That that is a
0: terrible thing to say. Terrible. (laughs) I know (laughs) that
2: that's going to rub some people the wrong way. I know, but. Uh, yeah, he was my guy growing up. He was a left-handed hitting. Uh, I mean, I used to be a middle infielder. I know it's probably surprising to a lot of people. Uh, yeah, did you grow but, like three feet overnight, and all of a
1: sudden you became a first baseman?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of outgrew the middle infield pretty quick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I used to watch a lot of Chase Utley. Uh, more recently, I love Nolan Arenado. Um, a little bit of Joe Mauer, Joey Votto. You know, some some guys that I I think I can either kind of look for things to uh, emulate or guys that I kind of see similarities with and, you know, guys with just nice swings and people that play the game the right way and all that.
1: Lefties always just have pretty swings. I don't know what it is, but you guys luck out. Like, you, you see a silhouette of a guy with a lefty swing. It looks like it should be a piece of art. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I like uh, left-handed swings.
0: The, uh, so it's early 2022, the Chase Utley story, Bill. We're going to mark this down because we've, you know, we've seen some guys over the years. I just want to know when this story started to die out, because obviously you don't know the Chase Utley Mets relationship or or eventually people are going to tell you like, hey, JT, you know, ixnay on the uh, Chase Utley scale on, on your your influences. New Yorkers hold grudges. It's been almost a decade, but we're not over. I <laughs> uh, wanted to ask you that too, about uh, your experience just with New York itself and the city. Um, what do you know about it? Have you been here? Have you had the pizza? Have you had the bagels? Uh, what are you looking forward to most?
2: Yeah, I've been there most recently, probably, probably like 2012, 13, maybe. Uh, so it's, it's been a while since I've been in the city. Um, I remember liking it, you know, obviously a lot of good pizza, uh, I've been seeing a lot more recently about the bagels, so I'm excited about that. I, I like me a good breakfast sandwich. Um, but as far as I know, I like New York. Uh, I think it's, you know, obviously a really huge, kind of just cool diverse city, and I'm kind of excited to hopefully eventually spend some more time there.
1: So, obviously, baseball is a big part of your life, but so what, what else do you do to sort of take your mind off of, of an 0-4 for 4 game or, or just to get away from the, from the ballpark? What do, you, what do you do to just keep yourself entertained?
2: Nothing crazy. Um, started to get a little bit more into golf recently. Um, got my first kind of iron set, uh, probably two years ago now. So starting to play a little bit more golf. I played basketball in high school too. So I like, you know, shooting around and all that. Um, I like cooking a lot, making, making food and, you know, I got to eat a lot. So it's kind of, it's fun to see how I can kind of make the same meals taste a little more interesting. So Nothing crazy. I mean, I grew up around the beach, used to go to the beach a lot, not as much anymore, but yeah, kind of just like relaxing, doing some simple, stu- simple
1: stuff. Keith's a big foodie, so he's going to, anything you make, he's going to want in on that and probably judge you very critically. He thinks he's yeah. a little, a little better than all of us with his food,
0: Kylie. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what, what is the uh, growing up in your household? What was the best meal, you know, mom or dad made or, or what did you grow up eating?
2: My mom used to make a lot of really good gumbo. Actually, uh, she she's from Texas and has I think spent some time in Louisiana. Um, I think one, one of her siblings was born in in New Orleans, so uh, she used to make some pretty good gumbo pretty often. That's one that sticks out.
1: It's not what I expected, but I'm very impressed. Gumbo is not like it's not like chicken noodle soup. Like yeah, that's
0: a, that's got some that's a, that takes some skill. Yeah, there's seasonings in there, Bill, that are like. From the dirt of Louisiana, we're going to sprinkle in this and we're going to break this weed and saute that for eight hours. So uh, that's pretty. What What are you working on in the, in the kitchen now? Have you been dabbling with, uh, you know, mincing, dicing, chicken cordon bleu? What what is your latest challenge?
2: Ooh, I uh, like a couple months ago, I, I started making a little bit of like crispy skin salmon. I started nailing a little bit. Uh, that was a good one.
0: All the things that you totally get for a, a post-game spread in the minor leagues. So this is good. This is good practice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't expect to be in that every day.
0: Uh, speaking of which, another good question for you. Uh, fast food spot, 2 a.m. You know, you're not telling the coaches, you're not telling the nutritionists, but what's your what's your go-to spot late night for, for Grub?
2: California has got to be in and out. I think a lot of people think it's overrated. I definitely don't. Um, around campus at UCLA we had a place called Fat Sal's too um, you gotta look into that if you don't know that about just it. sounds amazing
0: Fat Sal's it's, they gotta have some become, yeah, to eat <laughs> too yeah not gonna chicken uh, caesar salad or fat salad
2: <laughs> no, no you're definitely not it's it's sandwiches but they throw a lot of crazy stuff in the chicken fingers mozzarella sticks I mean it's it's a good deal
0: I don't understand we um, we spoke we've talked to California guys for a long time and I never had in and out until I moved Lived in Frisco a few years ago, Texas, and it was like the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, oh, California guys in and out. And they're like, overrated. What? What is the hatred? Where does it stem from? Why?
2: I don't know a whole lot of California guys that think that. So that's a little surprising to me. Most of the time I hear that it's from Texans that come over and think Whataburger is all that. And <laughs> I would say the exact opposite. Uh, I don't know. I like In-N-Out. I always have. I'll, I'll ride with that opinion, too.
0: Animal style
2: every now and then I started getting uh, chopped chilies on my burgers recently. I think that's, that's a good move.
0: It's one of those, if you know, you know, Bill, so I'll take it to California. We'll get animal style something.
1: I almost died trying to get to in and out in Las Vegas. So that was my first experience. I had to run across a highway. It did not go well, but the food was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. What's the, what's the last movie you saw?
2: I think it was James Bond, the recent, the latest James Bond movie.
1: You a big Bond guy? Like have you seen all of them, or was I, this like it?
2: A... I think I've seen it, most of them, if not all of them. Uh, who's who's I think the best Bond? Was, was I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that big into it. <laughs> I like the movies though.
1: If you're uh, ordering pizza and putting a topping on it, what are you putting on top?
2: Sausage, pepperoni, maybe some onions, bell peppers. I, was, I, I, was, I am an advocate for pineapple on pizza. Too. Oh
1: goodness gracious! <laughs> I was He's very concerned. Too. That was going to be your answer, <laughs> and I was going to hang up right away. <laughs> See, my 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 wife is a big pineapple on pizza, and puts ranch dressing on it. And every time we almost get divorced, it's uh, it's it's my one pet peeve. It's perfect food, and you ruin it by putting all sorts of whatever on it. Meats cool. I think, yeah, I think pineapples. Ranch and
2: pizza. Ranch and pizza is good. I don't. I'm not huge on that, but I know a lot of people that do it. I really only do the pineapple when I go to Blaze. I'll throw a bunch of toppings on it. I think the pineapple's kind of the last touch. So yeah. Right, I, I we'll like let it. that
1: slide because you haven't had like real good pizza yet. So we'll let that slide. We'll take we'll take care of you if you come to Brooklyn this season. We'll we'll get you all the good spots and you're not gonna need pineapple or ranch. So,
2: no, if it's, if it's <laughs> a legit pizza spot I'd probably not throw a pineapple on
0: it. Yeah hey, I don't think they aside from Domino's here put pineapple. You can't go into a local pizza place and get pineapple on your pizza that will kick you out. Uh my question for you is uh as far as Everybody's got a show and they want to tell you exactly what show you need to watch and and Hulu and Netflix. What is the show that you've been binging through this Christmas time, New Year's? I don't know if it's cold in California. It's cold as hell here. So uh, what have you been binging?
2: Not really anything recently. I want to start uh, Yellowstone. I've heard that one's good. A little while ago, I was was watching a lot of Peaky Blinders, Ozark. Um, I loved Breaking Bad. Game of Thrones until the last season.
0: Yeah, you gotta ha- what's, your hot, what's your hot take on the last season of Game of Thrones?
2: I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I think most people would agree that it was rushed. It just it didn't, it didn't feel right. But I think the first six or seven seasons or whatever they had were some of the best TV ever
1: for sure. George R.R. R. Martin's a big Mets fan, so you got yourself a Game of Thrones guy that's
0: going to be rooting for you here real, real soon. He looks like the thumbs down guy, but he's not the thumbs down guy. <laughs> That's <looks> true. Exactly...
1: <laughs> it's a very good comparison. Uh, my last question for you: What, when you were a kid, now was there anything that you ever collected—baseball cards, bobbleheads, as dispensers, coins? What was a, something that you were a collector of at some point in your life?
2: I don't think I've ever really collected a whole lot. Um, I used to get baseball cards every now and then when I was younger. Um, I'd go with my mom to Target and pick out a pack every now and then and all that, but I've never been like too into collecting a whole lot of things.
1: Are you a PlayStation, Xbox guy? Which one, which one do you go with, or are you no video games for you?
2: I've always been Xbox. Um, I, had, I had an Xbox 360 with my brother growing up, and I hadn't played it for a couple years, and I found it, I think, sometime during quarantine. And I was getting really big back into uh, NCAA football, 14. And I was playing a lot of that. Started playing it again when I got home this year. Uh, And then literally like a week and a half, two weeks ago, I tried turning it on to play and the red light showed up. I think it might be done, but that was pretty sad. But yeah, I was always Xbox.
1: New NCAA football coming out. You're going to need to replace that uh, that Xbox with a circle like that yeah i think i will a lot of downtime from in full season baseball
0: the kids don't know the waiting game that it took bill to get to ncaa football yet again uh but uh but jt we appreciate having you on for uh for amazing starts here and any any thoughts or or you know hopes for yourself in 2022 what what are some of your goals as you head into this first full year with the mets
2: I actually don't really set a whole lot of specific goals for myself. Um, that's probably kind of unconventional. I, I know a lot of people kind of like specific goals they want to reach. Um, I figure if I do what I can do on a daily basis and kind of give a hundred percent of what I got, what's the point in setting a number to try and get to, if I can surpass that I'll do it. And if I don't reach it, I know I, I kind of left everything out there. So <clears throat> that's kind of that's typically how i approach things um you know whatever happens happens i know i'll have done the work and and i'll be prepared and all that so we'll see ha- we'll see what happens
1: if uh, we're going to see you in brooklyn this year what what jersey number do you want Let's see if i can put in a good word for it
2: <laughs> i would i would like to get 7 i know that's that's a popular one but yes if i could wear 7 i'd like that
1: what's what's the story behind 7
0: anything caseately probably i have nothing
2: I used twenty six. <laughs> uh, I I grew up wearing seven for kind of a while when I was younger. Um, I tried getting in high school when I couldn't, so I had to wear fourteen. Um, and then at UCLA, I was number thirty one, waiting for uh, for Michael Tolvia to get out of there, so I could take seven again for the last two years. So I've always liked wearing it.
1: I feel like big guys getting single digits is going to be tough for you. But I'll I'll see what I can do. I'll talk to Max. All
0: right, JT. Thanks so much, man. Good luck this year, wherever you end up. If you end up in Brooklyn, we'll be happy to have you. But good luck in 2022.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.